Hey, Sean. <laughs> have you ever ordered something online or like gone, gone into a store and ordered something because they didn't have it? So like they place an order for you. This is eerily similar to your last rant, but go on. Okay. <laughs> I know it is. So I ordered some other stuff for my house and, uh, because I'm working on my kitchen. Right. Yeah. And this was like almost a month ago. And so I called the, uh, fine retail establishment that, place the order and i was talking i actually managed to talk to the guy that placed the order so he knew what it was who i was and all that stuff and well it's kenora there's like 12 people who live there (laughs) there's dozens of us all right (laughs) so uh he looks it up and he's like oh yeah it looks like the uh store that i did the transfer request to canceled the order and didn't tell us and i'm like oh Okay, so I guess it's a good thing that I called. So uh, I had to order that again, and it's like, are you? Is this going to get canceled again? He's like, I will personally check <laughs> in one week to see if uh, it was canceled. But uh, you should get it early next week. <laughs> That's funny. I like, so annoying. Part of me was really hoping this story would branch into it being a specific brand that our our one friend works at, and it was his store that canceled the order. Oh no, no, that would have been really funny. <laughs> that would have been funny, but uh, it's it's frustrating because I started working on my kitchen New Year's, like the weekend of New Year's, or like the the days leading up to New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whatever you want to call it, uh, and it was supposed to be a <laughs> A project that took like a week and it is now taking almost a month. Damn. Well, do you know what will not take a whole month? What's that? This next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Welcome, welcome to the Zen on Screen podcast where it's it's just it's a nice rainy day in southwestern Ontario. Again. Hey, it's rainy up in Kenora too this week. It's so like I don't like the weather wants to be whatever it wants to be, but hey, you can't control mother nature. Yeah, but it lets me play a bunch of video games, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. I was just thinking based off of that strange segue into our intro. <laughs> that would be a I wonder what the longest record for, or the record for the longest podcast episode is. Uh, we can look it up. <laughs> Maybe we could, uh, we could start that. You know how like there's thirty six uh... hours. The longest really? continuous podcast episode ever spanned thirty six hours. Mike Russell of the UK podcasters gave up sleep to record continually for a day and a half. While this was a one time endeavor, podcast out there regularly uh, record episodes that clock in at several hours long. Yeah, we try and aim between the one and one hour fifteen mark. Could we record a forty-eight hour podcast, but have people like come on, or does it like does the record have to be like us talking for thirty-six hours? I feel like you'd have a lot of like we'd have very dry mouths after. (laughs) You you would just have like you you could only you might as well just record from the bathroom. I know, just like like mute. 
drink mute and, and drink. really though like did did this guy actually record for 36 hours straight like with no breaks that's not i mean like a podcast or like any show you know doesn't really have breaks unless they take commercial oh maybe maybe it was like they were sponsored and had commercial yeah, like, breaks and the commercial break was just enough time to run to the washroom and then it was back at it yeah or or he was pulling a uh, dumb and dumber with the beer bottle <laughs> just <laughs> he accidentally kicks his feet and you just hear all the clanking you're like what the hell so yeah, uh like the old times going did you ever go to uh like the old movies like the b movies in uh the at the theater in london like the gallery mall yeah 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 so like those were like super late movies like they'd start at like 11 o'clock at night and there's like these old and everyone would be drinking and i remember being there one time and someone you hear clink and then the sound of a bottle a beer bottle rolling all the way to the front oh it's like hitting every theater. step on the way down like clink yeah yeah, clink. yeah. that's funny that's uh that's really funny speaking of weird things coming out of bottles um have you you said you've tried it's more of a can but you've tried the pepsi nitro right uh yeah it was a major topic of conversation a few I, uh, months ago. I tried the... I thought that was like two years ago you did that. But I tried the vanilla version of it today. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I uh, This is the first time I've ever had one. Like a nitro Pepsi. How do they get it so smooth? It's the uh, it's nitrogen. <clears throat> it's crazy. It's, 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 it's nit- so smooth. It has like smaller bubbles. But don't you find that it has like kind of like a flat taste to it? Because the... The, the bubbles are so small. Like it's a, yeah, it's a smooth drink, but it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't have that natural fizziness that you expect from a, yeah, it doesn't a have soda sharpness. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting though. Like the flavor was very, very nice. Yeah. Like I mean, the like vanilla the, flavor was great. The, I, I prefer the vanilla over the regular uh, Pepsi because at least with the flatness of the, the drink, you have a little bit of uh, that vanilla taste to it. Yeah. But you know what I haven't had in a while? Vanilla Coke. That's because you can't find it anywhere. Unless you go to like a Wendy's. Or some That's, movie theaters have it and like actually, if you get to pour your own. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. But uh seven elevens usually have like the the vanilla and cherry coke. But yeah, they you can only get the cherry coke in the cans in Canada. I don't think vanilla coke's a thing in here any anymore. No it has been for a while. The movie where we saw, or the movie theater where we saw Sausage Party, had the um, the uh, the ability to like pour your own drinks, which they thought saved time, but it clearly didn't because everybody's just standing at the machine, being like, click, click, click. Um, but yeah, like not like the the Coke. What is it like the Coke? The Coke Experience thing? Machines. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, but those are like everywhere now. And the thing is, is, like when we went, those were new, right? So everyone was like. Looking at all the options and trying to figure out how to what to do. Now people know exactly what the what to do. Like when I get that, it's always Pib, Pib for me, P I B B. It's like Mr. the Coke, Mr. Pib. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the Coke equivalent of Dr Pepper. Interesting. Twenty three, twenty twenty two unique different flavors. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pib for me, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, before we get into all our, our topics today, cause we have a pretty jam packed show. 
Um, I want to quickly talk about David and my experience meeting a uh, a guy randomly playing Call of Duty Zombies. I've never felt so like do this, do this, do this, do this, like nonstop for 45 <laughs> minutes. And then when we didn't want to glitch at the end of the game, it was like some sort of travesty. Because um, we were like, no, no, we got we got some of our schematics that we wanted. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm going to message that guy again and be like, hey, let's go in and do this again. Yeah, we'll play again. But we were so close to that knife. So close to that knife. I, have, I have two of them. Well, you have the, the, the cases. No, no, no. Oh yeah, I have the case, not the not the, the actual schematic. You know what the uh, comic, or yeah, I guess it's a meme now, but it's like the uh, it's it's the comic where it's like the 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 tiny guy who's got like the little sword, and then uh, like he kills he kills someone, and he's like, oh yay, and then there's like this big huge guy with all the armor and everything. Like, he's got like arrows and all this stuff in his back, and he's all like, good job, little buddy. Yeah, that, yeah, was, us. that was like us. <laughs> It, honestly though it's like i had no idea what the hell we were doing so for anyone uh who's wondering what the hell we're talking about uh i guess in zombie call of duty zombies there's like uh elder dark elder sigil or something like that it's like where you get like warped into another map where it's like extra hard mode and you, that's where you get like the really epic super rare items and stuff like that so we got all this stuff together and and he was kind of explaining us what to like what to do, and leading in, I had no idea what the hell we were doing. I was following <laughs> following you guys, and uh, so we get into this thing, and he's just like, "Just keep running, just keep running." <laughs> like I have no idea where we're going. He's like, "Go up that zip line, go up that zip line." Like, okay, I go up this. I died so many times, and he like kept. I felt like he was like, like uh, you know the picture of Ben Affleck standing outside having a cigarette, just kind of like rolling his <laughs> yeah. eyes. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> what this guy was like, just trying to save our asses, but it was fun. I mean, that was super stressful, but I think knowing what we have to do now, we have a better idea. Right? Yeah, like, and it, it makes grinding a lot easier. Like I know you and I are now in a, in a weird state in the game where we're still, we're still trying to complete missions, but we've gotten a lot of the like low end, um schematics that are loot so now we're just like waiting for like our tier like these random like things to drop up better things yeah like um, all the green items i don't even bother picking up because i'm like ah, i've had orange once you have the taste of orange tiered items yeah i'd yeah. still like to get my brain rot that's the only like, thing i'm missing from tier you one don't have brain rot the the um the formula no oh i think yeah. i have it Anyways, but, yeah. So it, that that's been a lot of fun, and uh, uh, I actually watched a video of, or actually, like not purpose, like it was purposely, but I wasn't like searching it out just to research it. Uh, but I was talking to one of the guys from my work and kind of explaining to him what the thing thing was. So I'm like, I'll just show you a video, and I watched this video of this guy doing it by himself, and what he had. I forget what they're called, like the the bomb things that create the like the black hole that sucks everyone in. The Casimir grenades, yeah. yeah. So this guy goes in, and he's all he's got in his reserve is uh, a bunch of those things, and then the the self revive. Yeah, I'm like, well, there, that's what we need. It's just like a whole bunch of those and self revive. But anyways, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, uh, we usually play at uh, at night. Luckily, uh, 
you know, nobody in my house cares at me yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Just screaming like nonstop, yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about something we posted on Instagram. Um, David and I, and like, we'll give you guys a backstory here and uh, maybe we'll clip it so you guys can have it so you know what's going on. So um, David and I, probably four years ago, maybe a little bit more, I was living in Toronto. He was down for a visit. Um, and we like to go to like liquidators and thrift shops and game stores. And we found this place called, I think it was called Closeout King or something. And so we, like, walked, yeah, yeah. we walked all around it and we were like, okay, let's check this place out. And the two things we're always going to remember was the DVD of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, and not just, it was a, you know, when you go into like a Walmart, like the old Walmarts and they had like the bargain bin where it was just a skid with like a plastic or cardboard like, box, like box a huge thing, big like crate. a huge thing, the size of the skid just with DVDs. Yeah, it was that, but it was all not even the good, like Swedish version of the girl with the dragon tattoo. It was the, uh, the American one with, uh, what's his name? James Vaughn. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Not even the good one. So anyway, so there was that. Yeah, so there was that, and then beside it was a big flat of this really shiny board game. And I I, I know I sent a message, but I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was $4, because that's part of the yeah. joke. It was but like they four had bucks. These, these skids, and there was multiple skids of the Coronation Street board game. And David and I were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I didn't even know this was a, the DVD board game. We should make that very clear. So... <laughs> A bunch of time passes. This is before scene on screen exists. David and I were working with other people doing a different show, doing a bunch of other stuff. And a bunch of time passes. And David is at like a value village in London. And he's like, you'll never believe what I found. So he like sends me this picture. And then we we laugh about it. And nothing really comes up from it. Then like I'm at a value village and I find one. I was like, what the hell? So for like the next few years, we've just been randomly sending each other pictures of shelves with the Coronation Street board game on it. When David and I started seeing on screen and we eventually moved into the the now de- defunct Three Men and a Meeple, one thing that we set out to do was every single time we were in a value village and we found a Coronation Street DVD board game, we would take a picture and post it on the internet. Mm-hmm. And just be like, ha found it. I'm winning, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we did it back and forth. And then some viewers actually started, uh, viewers and listeners started actually sending it back to us. Being like, look at what we found. This is pretty cool. And then I posted about it today, funnily enough. And somebody's like, uh, it's one of, one of um, our trivia goers. was just like, do Canadians not like this game? Like, why are they, <laughs> why are they always used And I explained the story and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to explain it to everybody again. So if you hear this and you want to play this game that David and I made up for fun, if you go thrifting or you're just in a random spot that has board games and you find a copy of the Coronation Street DVD board game, take a picture, post it on Instagram and tag us we love this it's one of the most fun things we do and it's so pointless and you know what i've never seen this game in a regular non-thrift store like other than like that liquidation store right but that still counts as a cheap 
thrifty type class store, right? It, you never see it in, you know, Walmart or Target or anything like that. My theory is that that is all part of the marketing of this game. Right, like the game was someone is going around. They're just giving copies, like one or two copies of this game, to all the thrift stores and stuff like that because it actually just retails for four dollars. <laughs> right, so that's sometimes their... it's like seven ninety nine. You're like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on where where you're you're going, but on average, it's like yeah, it's under nine dollars, right? But yeah, my theory is that the the, the publishers for the coordination board. Coronation Street board game uh, just decided that their primary retail outlet is going to be thrift stores. <laughs> so but have hell, fun, game on. If people, uh, if if anyone sees this game in an actual non-thrift retail store, uh, I want to see that. Yeah, that's bonus points because I don't think it exists. I don't think it exists. Just like baby pigeons. I told you about this, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Birds aren't real. No, it's just, have you ever seen a baby pigeon? Yeah, nobody's ever seen a baby pigeon. Yeah, like, if you Google search it, it probably shows you a fake robot baby pigeon. <laughs> baby pigeons don't exist. No. Nope. There's that, actually a whole subreddit, like, Birds aren't real. <laughs> Birds aren't real. They're all, they're all drones for the government. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of thrifting, now, interesting segue, yes. Because physical media or physical media made by Microsoft or published by Microsoft may not exist soon. Have you been following this story about Microsoft's mass layoffs in a gaming division? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much that relates to uh, the sale of physical games. I think the 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 decline in sales of physical games is due to more of an uh, industry shift overall. Uh, we know we announced a, f- a few weeks ago, like Best Buy was starting to get rid of uh, selling physical media in their stores. Um, and I'm sure Walmart and Tar- uh, Target was actually following suit as well, I think. And I'm sure Walmart and other places as well. But uh, yeah, it was announced though that Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, uh, and I mean, is Every, it Bethesda? Everywhere, Bethesda. Uh, they announced uh, just this week that they are cutting uh, nineteen hundred staff from its video game workforce, um, which is it, crazy. Yeah, this comes only a few months after uh, the ac- acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which was for 69 billion dollars now historically you have seen companies in the past lay off a bunch of people right after a major purchase not saying that that's cool definitely not defending it but history tends to repeat itself in mergers yeah because they're like oh you know what microsoft had to take on all these jobs from activision so they cut a bunch of jobs on their own side to kind of like make it all mesh what i find interesting is and we'll give credit to um some gamers in the community, but um, more professional gamers uh, and Danny Pena and Jay's Corden is Microsoft has also shut down departments dedicated to bringing Xbox games to physical retail. Now, if you've noticed your local targets lately, when uh, we were able to find a photo supplied by 
um, pro gamer Danny uh, Pena. Um, there are more Xbox digital cards than physical discs at a Target. So when you're like now looking at the video game section, it's just more cards. And for Xbox, it's a lot of just Game Pass or money cards, right? Mm-hmm. The crazy thing for me anyways is a nostalgia. Like I remember going to Walmart or Zellers as a kid or Kmart and be like, wow, I just want to stand in the video game section the entire time. Like your mom would take you through the clothes. Then she'd take you to the next spot. And there wasn't really groceries in those department stores. There were like snacks, yeah, not, not groceries. And then you'd turn the corner and you'd see that sign that said electronics. Once you were like not super into toys, but you really liked video games. And you just, your eyes got wider. Everything became like the best. And you got to look at the Pokemon box. You got to look at the Mario box. You got to look at all that stuff. And that's it. That's all it was. Sometimes you'd be lucky and you'd be able to play Nintendo 64 in the store. Oh, my God. Yeah, with the, uh, with the joystick, that was uh, <laughs> just <laughs> always completely broken. See, when we would go to the store, uh, we would just say, okay, we're going electronics. And my mom could do her shopping for the next like hour and a half, and we wouldn't leave electronics. <laughs> we <would> just, <laughs> especially when they had the GameCube demo station set up, you know, and they had uh, Rogue Squadron. Do you remember, like, I was actually talking about this yesterday, or a few days ago, but... Um, my friend and I were talking about how like you'd go to the mall at lunch from our high school. So you'd like, you, you'd walk behind the townhouses, you go to the mall, you, you'd hang out at the mall for like 20 minutes, get some food, stop into like music world or radio shack or um, what's it called? It was EB at the time. Cause they mm-hmm. all had demo games, right? Electronics boutique. Yeah. Elect- Electronics boutique Canada. Um, I remember, playing the shit out of i think it i I can't remember what the the name of the game was so i'll have to look it up but it was that gladiator roman chariot racing game that came out on the xbox do you remember that oh it was uh it wasn't rise it was the other one no like on the original xbox or xbox 360? 360 it was i played it and i got the i got all the achievements for it because it was like free it was ben hur it was based off of the movie uh, Circus Maximus is the name of the game. Chariot Wars. Really? Okay, never mind. I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> I I just remember going to the mall and like everybody would wait their turn in this like tiny ass EB and you'd get one race against your friend and then the next person, then the next person. And the EB people were so cool about it, which was also kind of great. But yeah, that's back, that's back in the day. And Oh yeah, I never played this game. Totally unrelated to the topic. But what we what we are talking about is Microsoft has made massive changes to their workforce. And it sounds like some of the departments that are going to be hurt are the ones that take physical media to to the stores. Now, I don't know about you, but the reason I bought the Series X versus the Series S was, A, I wanted physical copies of games, but B, I also wanted more power. So are they going to release a digital-only Series X? Yeah. Or what are they going to do? Don't you remember the leaked uh, Microsoft internal uh future of gaming presentation yeah where they actually talked about the switch 2 before everybody else did oh uh, yeah <laughs> and then but in there they they announced or they listed off a uh digital only xbox series x you know the one that looks like a cylinder a trash can yes right so i mean it makes sense and from a logistics point of view um 
the cost to manufacture a card with a code on it is a fraction of a penny, right? In the amount that they do versus the costs of creating game cases and physical media and, and the factories involved for that and then transporting it and then shelf space, all that stuff. It makes sense. It sucks for game collectors and, and people who like to buy physical media. But I mean, uh, we're, we're getting to a point where games are getting just so big that they don't even fit on physical media. You know, yeah, like there's, there was a lot of games that came out that uh, even if you had the disc, you needed to download more of the game. Like Star Wars Jedi Survivor is one, for example, right? Like the full game's not on the disc, right? So you have to still download it. Um, so it's it's unfortunate, but I mean, when you acquire a company as big as Activision Blizzard, obviously there's going to be positions in that that overlap with positions in your parent company right uh so there is a a memo from phil spencer the head of uh xbox uh so this is just a little uh blur from it uh, it's been a little over three months since the activision blizzard and king teams joined microsoft as we move forward in 2024 the leadership of microsoft gaming and activision blizzard is committed to aligning on a strategy and execution plan with a sustainable cost structure that will support the whole of our growing business. Together, we've set priorities, identified areas of overlap, and ensured that we all align with the best opportunities of growth. As part of this process, we've made the painful decision to reduce the size of our gaming workforce by approximately 1,900 roles of the 22,000 people on our team. So essentially, I mean, how much of that is overlap? Like they... Well, exactly. They say this together. We've set priority priorities, identified areas of overlap. So as much as, yeah, there's 1900 people that are unfortunately losing their, their jobs. Um, you know, when you purchase a company as big as Activision, like I said, there's going to be redundancies in positions. So they don't need to, uh, head of marketing, you know, for example. Right. Yeah. So, um, It'd be interesting to see where those uh, layoffs are coming from. Like if they're going to be heavier on like the third party side, or is it going to be uh, on the Microsoft side? I mean, realistically, if they were to be uh, like have proper business sense about that, if they had two people, one from say Activision Blizzard, one from Microsoft, uh, the smart thing would be to keep the person who has the more experience obviously, right? Uh, whether it be from someone from like their newly acquired company versus their their OG, right? But I don't know. We're not the ones that make those decisions or anything like that. And it's not easy for anyone. But um, I don't know how much of this is going to have an impact on the immediate future of uh, of gaming. Um, but if... and And it could just be like a coincidence that people are seeing a more digital cards i mean when you go to best buy they still have their tiny ass video game wall but there's a aisle full of digital cards for playstation xbox and nintendo switch right uh i would actually say best buy's video game section is quite healthy right now like at least in canada maybe maybe in your area but like in the few best buys that i've gone into in uh the peg winnipeg they 
the their gaming sections it's like maybe a 10 foot wall but then they'd have an aisle literally filled with like uh like two sides of the aisle filled with like gaming accessories and then also um digital cards for, for yeah. games so uh i mean it'll be interesting to see i think once microsoft finally releases or pushes out the digital only xbox series x i feel like that's where we're going to see a major shift in in that because sony's already like with the playstation slim right um they're selling one with physical media uh like with a blu-ray drive but you don't have to buy it with that you can buy it as a separate add-on so it's one of those things that if they don't sell a lot of the physical media systems right they could easily just stop making those sell digital only and then just make the uh the add-on drive as a purchase option for people right and then slowly just phase that out it's 100 percent. yeah um yeah like we'll we'll see we'll see kind of how it goes like if xbox were to release another xbox in the next two years maybe i would upgrade but it would have to have like two to four terabytes of storage like you're not buying an xbox series x digital with one terabyte no that's not, no. that's below standard now especially when say like call of duties alone is 1.3 gigs to 1.3 gigs Oh no! Wow, it's it's over hundred. Yeah, it's like two hundred like gigs. Yeah, two hundred and twenty or two hundred thirty gigs. Actually, I'm pretty uh, sure the base of the game is one thirty, and then if you have Warzone on top, it bumps it up a hundred. Mm-hmm. And what was it? Jedi Survivors, one hundred and forty gigs. Oh yeah, it's like it's gaming inflation's a real thing too, right? So, so yeah, we'll see uh, see how that goes. But uh, speaking of real world games no i thought let's do releases first because there's rumors now that we have a well actually it's not even a rumor it's more like we have a leaked date we have some fairly concrete evidence that the switch 2 will be on shelves september 2024 thanks to um lansing um the creators of the game shark now called ai shark they will be launching to coincide with Nintendo Switch 2, and they, in a press release, leaked the date of September 24th, 2024. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh. Yeah. Uh, formerly known as Game Shark, AI Shark is set to redefine the gaming landscape with its revolutionary AI-enhanced technology. Altec Lansing explains in a press release, the innovative gaming software is set to mark a significant leap forward in the gaming experience, bringing enhanced gameplay for beginner level users. The official launch is planned to coincide with the Nintendo Switch 2 in September 2024. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo is going to change the release date of the Switch to October to like 1st, October, just to spike them. But, you know, what day of the week is September? Oh, did they actually say a date? Twenty fourth. Uh, I believe I read September twenty 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 uh, fourth, twenty twenty four. I might be wrong. It could have just been September twenty four. But uh, if it is the twenty fourth, I, I mean that would be actually that's that very Dreamcasty of them. It's very Sega. Remember the uh, a Tuesday launch. September was it September first, nineteen ninety nine, or oh nine? Yeah, September 
I don't know, it was 0999999. Anyways, uh, September 24, 2024 is a Tuesday. And Tuesday is typically new game release day. Yeah. Um, other things that we've heard or that we're reading about the Switch 2 is it is not... It, the Nintendo Switch 2 is an iteration, not a revolution. And price will go up. Now, it looks like it's going to be about 400 USD. So you're looking at, what, 560 here? Something Ooh. like that. They'll probably round it off to a Crisp even 600. 599.99. That's a lot, but I'll do it. Save a penny by or save two cents buying at Walmart with that 99 ninety eight cent rollback. Let's yeah. go, baby. Yeah. Um now by the the wording on this, we're not gonna talk about it long. Um the word iteration, not a revolution, actually is great for skeptical Nintendo fans. Because David, as you know, with Nintendo, they tend to reinvent the wheel every single time they release a new console. Except mm-hmm. when they went from Wii to Wii U to Switch, because they were like, Wii is a good idea. And then they were like, wow, we could make it handheld. So you can play handheld or you can play it on your TV. Wii U, that's kind of cool. And then they're like, what if we just got rid of the base and made it a dock? And then they invented the Switch. I think, like, I'm hopeful what happens here is we get a Switch 2 and a Switch 2 Pro. We had two consoles. Much like you see the DS line and how it kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. You went from the DS to the 3DS to the 2DS to the 2DS. What was the flat one called? Or that not was the, the flat 2DS. one. What was the one after the 2DS? There was another one. Well, they that... came out with the 2DS XL. Yeah, and then they and made a, a three... full they made a then... folding one that didn't flip. Or uh, yeah, that wasn't was... 3D. That was a 2DS XL. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, there was the three the DS had so many iterations of it, but that was they found something that worked for the handheld system, right? Like, uh, and then they amalgamated their handheld system with their home console system. So I think Nintendo might be at the point where it's like, okay, let's just re refine what we have. I mean, they've had, you know, 10 years almost to, to do, to, to refine the switch. Right. And it's, it needs an update. It needs uh, a hardware refresh. Um, I would be totally happy with, a non-revolutionary system. Yes, I'm. I'm also too down for an iteration, especially if it's handheld 1080p docked 4K. I mean, I don't know if 1080p handheld is really needed, and especially on a small screen. Like you look at the, uh, you look at the Nintendo or the Nintendo Steam Deck. <laughs> you look at the Steam Deck, and that one's only like a 900p screen. But if you go to the Steam Deck OLED, what's its resolution? I don't know. OLED. But like at at a screen size under, you know, 10 inches, you don't really see uh, an advantage between 1080p and 720p or hell even 900. It's 1280 by 800. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just a little bit larger than, um, or sorry, it's just a little bit taller than a 720p yeah. screen, right? Um, the I think with a lot of these like handheld devices and stuff like that, the power draw between a 720p and a 1080p screen is significant enough that it's not worth it. Like, if yeah, sure you could have a 1080p switch too, but your battery life is going to be like two hours. Okay, so ideally, what would you want it to be? 720 and then dock 1080p? 
I would say uh, the screen, you know, uh, an OLED 800p, maybe 900, right? Like a good middle ground, but it definitely needs to output 4K in docked mode. Like there's no question about it. Um, with a lot of uh, TVs, like can you can buy 1080p TVs still, but they're typically small. Like they're under 32 inches. So the OLED is 72 or 720p resolution in handheld mode. Mm-hmm. And um, it does output 1080p when docked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 4K has to, but now the handheld has to be 1080p. And I, you have to have I, the best possible vision. I disagree. We're going to disagree needs, until we know stuff. So it needs to be equal to like the Steam Deck and other, or, or comparable to the Steam Deck and other handheld systems like that. Yeah, that's with an really onboard of 512. Oh, yeah. I mean, the 64 gig uh, internal storage will last uh, nothing. Yeah, and like, I can't wait to actually see what a refreshed menu looks like. Yeah, it's probably look be garbage. I mean, I'm. It's been so long, and you still can't like actually customize the menu. It's always depressing browsing uh, Reddit, and when people come up with like ideas for, like or like concepts for switch menus systems, it's like, oh, there's so much more that they could do. But I mean, it's not a powerful system enough to have like a super high detailed and set up UI. Look how poorly the eShop runs oh my god you like right you you have enough time to like run down the street when you open the eShop. (laughs) yeah it's garbage so now what they should do nintendo should just copy other people's homework you know just just go out there into the world and like look at interfaces and be like oh that one looks pretty cool i wonder if i can copy this and not get caught and then just put it on their switch I mean, if people are doing it to them, why can't they do it to other people? All right. Sean is trying to segue into the... You, you weren't playing <laughs> along with me, so it was really hard. Um, I know. Sean is segueing into the most hotness of the gaming world right now. It is not Fortnite. It's not, it is not Call of Duty. It is not the Pokemons. It is something Ooh. called... Pal World, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are rolling their eyes because they might be sick of Pal World, or they might be cheering us on because they are loving it. But for those of you still living under a rock, Pal World is dubbed Pokemon with guns. And we talked about this game about a year ago, and we were just like, "What is this? Is it like even going to survive? Like, is it even going to make it out into the real world?" Mm-hmm. And the answer was yes. A resounding yes. In fact, it's so it released on Steam and Xbox, and it's on Game Pass. Like, so here's the thing: I don't think Microsoft. So, okay, let's backtrack a little bit. There's no, a lot of start at the beginning. <laughs> there's a lot of people that are white knighting this game, saying like, "Oh, it's a blatant ripoff of Pokemon. Nintendo should sue them. All this stuff. They're just copying them. Like, it's not an original game or anything by any means." Um. And I don't think that Microsoft, in their right mind, would put a game on Game Pass if they know that, uh, or even allow it on their platform, if they know that that company is going to, going to be sued from Nintendo, of all companies, 
one thousand about copyright infringement or or anything like that. The thing is, uh, catching like I we're going to say Pokemon a lot as the generic terms, kind of like when your your parents told you to turn the Nintendo off and you're playing PlayStation, right? Uh, well, they are called Pocket Monsters, so right. So here's the thing, though, they're the 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 monster catching me- mechanic of games is not unique to pokemon yes they they took it and made it mainstream and sure maybe they were one of the first ones to do it but at the the time when pokemon first came out do you know of another franchise that dealt with the catching of monster type creatures and using them to battle monster hunter maybe no did you you battle with them or no not really digimon but digimon wasn't capturing digimon were assigned you got one no you you can still the future digimon games like you still get more digimon like you you collect them but you just said at the time of conception Digimon and Pokemon were released around the same time as that uh, as each other and at least the TV shows and games. Um, and they were meant to be competitors. But mm-hmm. when you watch the show, Ty only had Agumon. Right, but right? the games you had you, you collected more. Like and I have uh I mean Digimon Cyber Sleuth and Cyber Sleuth 2, I think it is, on the the Switch. And in that, yeah, you still collect multiple yeah, but Digimon what about the Digimon that? game that came out on PlayStation 1? I don't know, but I, that was a, a game that had the typical, like, okay, you had, like, this type of monster thing that you you uh, collected and fought. There's other games. There's been tons of other games that have come out. Uh, I think Monster Hunter Stories, um, I've, I haven't played it, but I heard that one is, also has, like, a monster catching mechanic in it. But there's a game that uh, has been out for a little while called Nexamon. Is uh, that the um, the mobile one? It was a mobile game, I think. Uh, it's it's out on Switch and all that stuff. Um, and that is 100. It's on Steam as well. That is 100 percent a uh, Pokemon catching game. It is a 2D uh, platform or not platformer 2D RPG that looks like pokemon the battle system is very similar to pokemon you collect that like even like the ui for like their hp and all that stuff is pokemon right the they can't sue over the likeness of a game because the game itself isn't like the mechanics isn't actually uh, a copyright right like Mm -hmm. The, but what the, they can sue on is the characters or sprites are nearly identical. The likeness, yes, right? But people are saying there's a lot of people being like, oh, this game is a blatant copy of Pokemon. Well, it isn't because if – do you remember this uh, this fancy little game that we played quite regularly many, 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 many years ago uh, called PUBG Player – what is it? players unknown battlegrounds battlegrounds right that was the first battle royale game of its type and since then fortnite came out which is originally which came out as a blatant ripoff of PUBG, the battle royale style right they've since 
evolved and added other stuff to it, but uh, Call of Duty did it. Uh, Paladins is a game that started off as a copy or clone-ish of uh, Overwatch, like a team-based squad shooter type thing. And it has then since turned into uh, a Battle Royale style game, I think. Hell, Overwatch, for example, you know, like there's games that come out that are the same idea as that. You know, it's a Overwatch, Valorant, all that stuff, right? So, sure, people are upset that this game came out and that, yes, it looks like Pokemon. It's being advertised as Pokemon with guns. And that's another thing. I think the mainstream media or like the gaming media isn't doing any favors to the game either. Because look at any articles that you see, they list it as Pal World or they call it Pokemon with guns, right? Yeah, which is problematic. Also, and, um, just for information based off what you just said, Fortnite was a struggling zombie survival game when PUBG was released to early access in March 2017. PUBG quickly became the most popular PC game in the world and most popular game ever at Twitch, uh, ever on Twitch at the time. September 2017, Fortnite introduced a new game mode called Battle Royale. Based on PUBG's format, 100 players, airship over the map, player zones, uh, they get smaller, crate drops, med kids, bandages, squad members getting knocked out, etc. Today, Fortnite's Battle Royale has surpassed PUBG, and it's the biggest game in the world. So, so there you go. Yeah, they so literally Fortnite copied. technically was first. <laughs> yes, but they weren't being successful. They copied a successful game mechanic, and it was more accessible because Fortnite was free always, wasn't it? PUBG you had to pay for, you had to buy. So the cost of entry was yes. a lot less, right? It was free. So Pal World, yes, a lot of the characters look like Pokemon. Yeah, I definitely the, didn't see Lucario with brown <laughs> hair. Right? It's it's yes, I get it. It's kind of ridiculous in the fact that yeah, some of them are blatant ripoffs. But I think they made enough variations to them that they can be considered not the same right um and it's not just an rpg where you go around collect and battle monsters there's other mechanics to this game there's a survival mechanic there is exploration mechanic there's a uh, base building mechanic there is you can automate your like hell like farming <laughs> they got farming in there you know there's there's a lot more to it than just the typical like Pokemon style catching and battling monsters. Yeah, because you get to kill them and eat them. Well, the funny thing is, is like yes, you can you can kill Pokemon and all that stuff, but if you or pals, pals. if you if you look at them when when you uh, take their life away, they just lie there with like their eyes turned into like the squiggly swirly. They like roll dream, away <laughs> the, the Dreamcast logo. I usually just roll their bodies off, uh, off a cliff or into the. <laughs> into you were the... one of those sick freaks that like threw the penguin every chance you could get, right? In Mario sixty four. Yeah. Like don't don't do it. <laughs> so yeah. David, I hate to tell you you're wrong because usually I'm the one who's wrong. But Digimon did not come out for four years after Pokemon was released. Pokemon red, red and green, or red and blue in North America were released in 1996, and the first Digimon game was released in 1999 in Japan or 2000 in North America. Okay. 
Well, you mean like from our childhood, that's all the same time frame. And you only got to play, like, I just watched the first 10 minutes of the gameplay at like, <laughs> triple speed. You just get Agumon. Hmm. So, like, if you didn't like Agumon, what a waste of a video game. <laughs> You're like, oh, I want great. Uh, what was the Garurumon? The wolf? I don't know. I never really got into to Digimon until, actually, never. I just remember, like, the, the game, like, the card games as well. Hell, that was even a thing. They had the Digimon card game that played, as far as I know, very similar to the Pokemon trading card game. Oh, 100%. This isn't a unique situation. This isn't new. Now, the thing is, is I guess the Pokemon company has has issued a statement. The funny thing is, uh, this morning, Sean, and I I sent him the link to this, and he sent me a screenshot of the exact same thing. The exact same time. The exact same time. So uh, the official... Uh, Pokemon website from Japan. It has it in Japanese and English. Um, this was posted this week. It says, uh, we have received many inquiries regarding another company's game release in January 2024. We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to Pokemon. We will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokemon and its world and work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future. Same from the Pokemon company. I (laughs) I think this is just a generic statement that they, they put out because they're getting a lot of comments from people being like, Oh my God, like they're infringing on this. So I think two things have to happen here. One, your intellectual property. I'm pretty sure the original game's over 25 years old. So like those sprites are now considered like, fair use right um in the video game more i might be wrong but like i've watched a ton of tiktok videos about it but the big thing is when it comes to some of these sprites in particular they're so similar that depending on what judge takes this case they could be like nope eliminate that one nope eliminate Mm -hmm. that one no eliminate that one and then they would have to alter them again but like some of them are blatant like i literally looked over that person's shoulder while i wrote the test other ones actually look kind of cool, which is yeah. which is neat. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about for this game, because both of us have had the, the opportunity to play the game already. This game didn't just steal <laughs> the ideas from Pokemon. The, the crafting mechanic is phenomenal, but it's also Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like, there's a thermometer to tell you how cold you mm-hmm. are. There's like you start off naked, just like Link. There's your food level. Hold on, your... What game were you playing where Link started off naked? Well, he's just he's not wearing a shirt in the. Mine uh, the had a loincloth on it at least. Jeez. So so does your <laughs> your your pal world person. But it's it's Breath of the Wild meets kind of maybe a little bit of like uh, maybe not Animal Crossing in the farming way, but like. Um, uh, what's that? Palia? Like it has that kind of thing, but you also have to do resource management. You have to be able to create resources. It's got a little bit of like arc in yeah. there, like survival evolved. It's got a little bit of uh, Minecraft base building. You know, very like base building. Like, yeah, it's it's taking lots of little bits of everything, but what it's doing is taking like the good parts of a lot of games and putting it into one package. Oh, I'll definitely sit and play this game. 
uh, when I have the opportunity. The one thing I, I will do, though, is like I think I'm going to move it to my PC because a I want the mods to come back, but b I like I just I want it to have uh, a little bit more of a comfortable experience. Like when I play my Xbox, I always wear headphones, right? Because my monitor mm. doesn't have volume. Yeah, but it's not really a headphone kind of game. So I'm not sure if the Xbox version will allow mods, like the Game Pass PC version will allow mods. I know the Steam version can. I haven't looked too far into it. Uh, I mean, some of the, the most recent controversy is because someone did release a mod which changes all the pals into actual Pokemon, and it changes like your character model into Ash and and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think that has already been given a cease and desist from Nintendo. It's but already gone. It, like, it's scrubbed off the internet. You can't find it anywhere i mean if you look hard enough you can find it uh you just have to sail the seven seas and go a little bit into the darker corners of the internet but like there's screenshots but like the videos are gone yeah um so but, I, I don't know if you can mod murdered. the xbox game pass version of it but the nice thing about it on game pass is that i've been playing it back and forth on my pc and my xbox uh, so when she who shall not be named is playing two point campus on my PlayStation. <laughs> oh, she's moved on to a different game. Good for her. Yeah. Except I still can't use my TV until she goes to bed. Uh, <laughs> um, then I can play power world on my, my PC and my save file transfers over and all that stuff, because it's, that's the nice thing about the Xbox play anywhere. Uh, now I've put in probably about seven or eight hours into this game. I am not past really much of the intro portion like tutorial because the tutorial is bullshit well it's just it, it's just pretty much like okay do this do this do this and it's fairly long no i've restarted three times because i didn't like where my base was where'd and you so put your base well the first one i i put my base uh you know where like, you go in there and there's that person sitting by the fire you literally dropped it right there, eh? Just right down there. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'm at like, the top of a cliff, so I have to like climb back here all the time. Like, And that was no good. So then I started another one a little bit further down, but then I was like, okay, well, there's literally only one path like to and from this little my, – my base area. There's not a lot of resources around here to begin with. My pals that I had working weren't doing anything. So then I started again, and I'm in a slightly better spot, but still not very good. Um, so I'll, I I know that eventually you can you can uh, build another base, and and well, you can always get rid of your base, but then you get rid of items and stuff like that that are in like your storage and whatnot. So I don't know. Uh, it's just one of those games that like there's enough variety to it that you could spend your whole time just gathering resources. Right? Yeah. You can spend your whole time uh, building your base. You can spend your whole time catching pals. So it has enough variety that the game doesn't get boring very quickly. Like I find like I don't necessarily have the attention span for Pokemon anymore. Like I can play it for a little bit, but then after a while it's just like the same thing over and over and over again. And and I don't really care for the grind anymore as much as I did when we were kids playing those games, right? But this doesn't have that because you can mix it up. You can play however you want. If you want to be crafting stuff, sure. If you want to be a slave driver and, <laughs> and catch all the sheep Pokemon pile things and make them, you know, do their thing, tend, yeah. Tend your farm, then you can do that, right? Um, I just think it's funny how like they're the. I think the community is kind of divided 
very much and they either love it or they hate it because uh, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people, especially some comments from, I would say, significant Nintendo fanboys uh, who, especially people who hate anything Microsoft. Uh, but, uh, you know, someone that I know already said uh, this was a, a comment. They pretty much said, oh, goodbye, Power World. You know, you're going to be taken down. And <laughs> the comments on there on this post was just like, no, nothing's going to happen. And like, oh, there's already been two, uh, what is it, two statements that they're going to look into it. It's like, yeah, looking into it is like your manager saying, yeah, okay, I'll uh, I'll look into why you're uh, you weren't paid. Extra hours. <laughs> Would you like double pepperoni or double cheese on your pizza? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't think this game's going anywhere. As of uh, as of this week, it is the top game being played on Steam. It took it it, it overtook Counter Strike Two. Um, so as of recording, uh. The current players for Power World is 828,155. The next highest current players on on Steam right now is Counter-Strike 2 at just under 450,000 concurrent players. Yeah. Uh, the top record uh, in games or, or peak players of all time on Steam, take a guess at what the number one game was. Of all time? Yeah. Can I ask for a hint? Uh, you've played it extensively. And it was it's online? Yep. Online online only. I'll I'll even give you that hint. Rainbow Six. No, actually it's not even on there. It's <laughs> PUBG. Oh yeah, because it was the world's most popular game there for a exactly. Bit. So 2018, its peak players was three point two million. Okay. Uh, the next highest one was Counter-Strike 2. Uh, and number two is Pal World. This game is not going anywhere. Not anytime soon. The developers have made so much money on the early access. Right? So even if you say half of that is uh, Steam users. or uh, Sorry, this is Steam. So this is 3.2 million players on Steam. Right, so let's say thirty dollars Canadian times three point three million two hundred and thirty six thousand and twenty seven. They've made ninety seven million dollars in change in a week. This game is not going anywhere. It's wild, eh? And it's only early wild. access too. Like they're still updating now. This that that does lead to a few other issues with with this. Right, the Steam version is. Uh, or the Steam edition is a few uh, versions or whatever updates ahead of the Xbox version. So if you're playing on Steam, you can do things like name your character. <laughs> you can rename your pals. Um, and on the Xbox Game Pass version, you can't name your character. Did you notice that? I did because I wanted to name my good sheep, the one that fights with me. Because all my, my other sheeps. Although, also, I have a chicken that's dumb and keeps walking into the fire. And he keeps cooking himself. Yeah, he just wants to be a chicken nugget. But I, I'm also like you. I want to move my uh, my base down to the bottom of the waterfall. 
Yeah. Uh, here's a little hint uh, for you. Go back to where you start and then go backwards through like, the t- ruins. Through the yeah. ruins that you like the stairs and stuff like that. There's some hidden chests and there's a, a a journal note in there and you get some eggs that you can incubate, which is definitely not a ripoff of Pokemon either. No, definitely not because you <laughs> eat eggs. Um, no, all in all, it's a good game. Um, <clears throat> so far, I would say it's probably for me about a seven and a half out of 10. Um, so like I, I'm to the point now where like I will play it. I'll pre- play it pretty passively. Uh, I'm fairly into zombies right now, though, just because it's like something that I'm enjoying playing um, or sorry, modern warfare zombies just for yeah. for for validation sake. Um, but I will like play this just while I'm chilling on my PC. Now, uh, yeah. David, what are you doing Saturday? Uh, I think I'm going to chill on my PC. Nice. Now, why would I ask <laughs> you on the podcast what you're doing on Saturday? Because you want to hang out with me virtually. I do. And I also want to hang out with our friend Alex and uh, our friend Tony. Well, you know what, Sean? What would you do if I told you that I've already made plans to hang out with our friend Alex and our friend Tony? And we were just wondering if you wanted to join us. (laughs) That's super awkward (laughs) because I also made plans with those two people. So what are we doing? So we are we the rumors have been going around for the last uh, little bit that we are going to be starting getting into streaming game streaming for all of our listeners soon to be viewers. And we have gathered a party. We are gathering our equipment and we are going to be diving into the deep, dark dungeons of Gloomhaven, a game that Sean has wanted to play for so, so long. Yeah. He got his hands on a physical copy of the game. I can't even play it. Used copy, which there's no way to reset the game easily. <laughs> and so now he's stuck playing the digital version with us. But it is going to be a ton of fun. Uh, did we come up with a time that we're, we're starting? 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? I believe so. I think so. Yeah. So around there, we're going to post some uh, more announcements on our Instagram and stuff like that. But uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. Alex and I have played a little bit. I know that uh, you did the tutorial. I, I hope. <laughs> so you should have a general understanding on how to play. Uh, I can tell you right now, folks, it's going to be interesting. Alex and I, when we've played it in the past, we have never completed the first dungeon. <laughs> we played it uh i'd say half a dozen times uh i think we get too greedy and try and collect everything like all the loot and stuff like that um but this this should be good uh you know gloomhaven has been a number one selling or one of the top board games of all time for a few years running uh frosthaven just released uh which is the sequel but uh, the the digital version of this game is a ton of fun and uh, yeah, we hope that you guys can join us and crawl through some dungeons with us as we, uh, yeah, you know, the, loot. The, the tentative plan is if we don't finish the first mission, which we should. If we fail, <laughs> we'll try again. But uh, right now, we're committing to one stream a month um, with some special guests along the way. Um, we will be eventually moving into I I want to say a bi weekly schedule. But that's that's after the first few get going. Mm-hmm. But we're really excited. We're excited to bring you this kind of content. And we will say for the faithful 
three men and a meeple fans that are out there um we're st- we're keeping everything under scene on screen so everything is going to stay the same all those videos that are available on three men and a meeple are going to be moved to our new youtube um which is just going to be a scene on screen youtube and we're going from there but everything will be on the same channel so there's yeah. all like all the access is the same we don't want to lose that old content but we also want to make sure that we're we're not spreading ourselves too thin yeah, it's like when you go to the store and you're buying the uh, three pack of ketchup, mustard, and relish. You know, you're, you're going to find use the relish. Yeah. You're going to find <laughs> you're going to find all all of your condiments under one roof. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe that will be our our streaming show, the Condiment Hour. The Condiment Hour. <laughs> Apparently, this first mission takes like two and a half hours. Uh yeah, because you because it's so hard. Yeah. So. uh Get 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 your uh, your view and eyes ready because myself, David, and our friends Alex and Tony are going to be coming to you live on Twitch on Saturday, the twenty seventh at eight p.m. ish Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got a <laughs> good point. <laughs> yeah, I live in the past. He does physically. So. so. Thank you. That is it for this one. If you have any questions, you want to talk to us about Gloomhaven, or you have any thoughts on Power World, join our stream. Ask us questions. It'll be a lot of fun. For myself, Wow, wow, is very nice. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now. We want to thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.